are you? I am. I'm great. great. I'm just great, you know? <laughs> this is Luminog Cocktail. I am Tiffany. And I'm Lindsay. We're your hosts, in case there was any confusion about that. More people just come in. <laughs> exactly. It's like, hello, yes, this is the first time listening to you guys. I had no clue who you were. Right, yes. Oh, did I tell you, um, this is very unrelated to anything about our True Grand podcast, but here we are. Um, Did I tell you I finished Where the Crawdads Sing? No, you did not. I did finish it. Okay. And I did like the end. I hated the end. Really? Why? Because I thought it was, it would have been way cooler, spoiler alert, if you haven't read this book. Probably Um, skip ahead a couple minutes. Go for it. It would have been way cooler had she either done it mm-hmm. and, like, was it found guilty and stuff, but we never knew for sure, like, didn't have yeah. the answer, or if she fucking didn't do it when we was convicted of doing it. I would have been fine with either one of those. Either really? one would have been fine with. It's the fact that it was, like, ooh, do 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 tied up in a neat little bow. She lived till she was 60 and died in the swamp and actually killed somebody and didn't and get caught. And she killed what? someone and didn't get caught. What? No. Stupid. Here's my here's my problem with it. Okay. Um, I did not approve of her m- reasons for murdering him. No! I really enjoyed the way the story was told, but, like, this is going to sound really shitty, so I'm sorry. Okay. But if, like, he, there was an attempted sexual assault, which, sure. like, he should have gotten punishment for. Absolutely. I don't think murder. <laughs> fit the crime? Fit that crime um i do think he deserved punishment like he deserved something well i think but the i don't think was that he wouldn't get it because right because he's like the golden boy or whatever right, right, right. which like i get for sure. sure i understand that but like i feel like i feel like at the end whenever they like revealed that i was like oh shit girl did it and girl got away like good for her i liked that but then it was like I just feel like it almost underlined her lack of understanding about, like, society as yeah. a whole. Yeah, that's why I That she thought that that was an appropriate... Also, so unbelievable they didn't fucking convict her. No one likes this girl, but the no argument is so it. hardcore that, like, we have to give her a chance. Fuck that. That small, tiny-ass town hey is man. not giving her a chance. Shadow of a reasonable doubt. <laughs> no. Shadow of a reasonable doubt. No. That There's is... no way that jury is gonna buy into that. Okay. And they have been biased to this girl her entire life. Okay, then you do want to read the book that I was just telling okay. you about. It's The Perfect Marriage. <laughs> you want to because there's a whole there's a whole who done it. Mm-hmm. And it's very twisty, very turny, very convoluted. I enjoyed it. Yes. But the trial portion of it didn't feel very authentic to me because of the whole shadow of a reasonable doubt thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like this should go a different way based on the evidence that is presented when it went. I think... And I don't want to give away too much because I want you to read it. Yes. I think Where the Crawdads Sing would have been way more emotional and, like, heartbreaking had she not done it and been found guilty anyways because she was... Yes, because she was the outcast. That's right. kind of what that I thought it was go- been gearing way towards. Way more devastating. Would have broken my heart. Yeah. I would have been upset with it, but it would have been realistic. It would have it would have hit me on an emotional level. This and then just like pissed me off because it was tied up a neat little bow. She lived till she was like hundred years old and died where she wanted to die. Like what? No. Yeah. What? How am I supposed to get behind that? Or like I said, leave it with like, what do you think actually happened? Did she do it? Did she not do it? I'd have been fine with that also. Yeah. 
leave it full mystery. But yeah, no, it's been, been my biggest, my biggest beef. Okay. <laughs> so, That's fair. I'm, I, I'm curious to see how the movie does it. Yeah. I am looking forward to the Taylor Swift song. Uh, right. That's when is coming that from coming? it. I think it's like the 16th or something. Jesus. The 14th or the forever. 16th. I know. I'm mad. That's fair. Actually, that kind of had to do with our podcast, if you think about it. it I mean, it is true crime. <laughs> it is crime. Not yeah. true, but yeah. it's crime. It's better than all my smut, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you want a break from smut, the perfect marriage. Right. I still have that whole thing of to be read. Which I added two books to it. I was going to say, I see some new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zodiac. I'm going back to my YA roots. Okay. Pride and premeditation. I don't, not sure <laughs> what that is, but it was up by the book talk. So I'm assuming smut. Unsure though. Probably. And then Touch of Darkness is the Hades and Persephone. Yes. Smut. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Multi- Lots of good stuff. Lots of good reading going on. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. this for us. I feel like there was such a period of time where, like, I just stopped reading for fun. Uh, yeah. Um, College has really made it hard to read fun. Yeah. And now I'm, like, <laughs> in a place where I'm, like, getting back into it. And it's making me really happy. So Yeah. So, yeah. Read, kids. Except if any kids are listening to this, you shouldn't be. Should not be reading what you, I'm reading. You shouldn't be reading. Oh, no. Also, you shouldn't problem. be reading what I'm reading either. Okay, so you have not read A Court of Thorn and Roses. No, I saw a coloring book from it on TikTok, though. It'll same. look pretty cool. Yeah, same. They're trying to make it to where you can't purchase smut books, specifically A Court of Thorn and Roses, unless you are 17 years old. Which, like, I just think it's so interesting because and alex argued the fact that you have to be 17 to buy like violent video games Mm -hmm. even though there's not a connection to violence and right and violent video games blah 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 whatever but i just want to know like what's the reasoning behind the smut here's my other thing (laughs) like what There are 13-year-olds with cell phones. Right. Like, I just don't They can go on fucking WhatsApp or Wattpad or whatever Mm -hmm. and find anything they want to read there Mm -hmm. that's going to probably be way fucking smuttier than what you find in some of these books. Oh, also, did you see? I saw on TikTok. They're making Handmaid's Tale. It's an unburnable version. You cannot burn this book. Yes. It's so fucking I'm going to cool. buy that shit. And it has the author. I can't think of her name. Margaret Atwood. Yes. She literally has like, I don't even know what it would be, but like she sets this book on fire with like a flamethrower yeah. essentially. And nice. it doesn't burn. It's super cool because they're they're burning books and right. burning that one specifically because, you know, Censorship. war on woman. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Don't even get me started on the whole war on women situation that's happening right now in our country because I will, I will rant. I will ramble. I have so many things to say. And I'm just not going to get into it right now. That's fair. It's. I did have someone say that that book was fictional. And I'm like, actually, it's, it's made from historical references. Also, so is Hunger Games. Someone tried to tell me that's not historically based. And I was like, actually it is. It's it's inspired by gladiators. I was going to say, it's like, um, yeah. like, yeah, no, this didn't happen. Not exactly. Sure. Like, there was not a girl named Katniss. Right, there right, were right. not districts 1 through 12. Like, yeah, yeah, no, you are right. However. The concept. The concepts were sourced <laughs> from 
real events that have happened on this planet. Right. So. So. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, especially now that they're talking about, like, once Roe v. Wade is overturned, because I'm just trying to come to terms with the fact that it's going to be. It doesn't prevent abortions just safe once. Exactly. That's my biggest argument. Well, a lot of states have been doing a lot of research about this, because this is something that I really want to be informed on. Um, about, like, different states and their trigger laws that once Roe v. Wade is overturned, these laws will immediately go into effect. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of them are, like, most of them are speaking to, like, abortions. However, some of them are also speaking towards contraceptives. Mm-hmm. And I'm because like... those are the same fucking thing. Yep. And I'm like, oh. remember that scene in uh, Handmaid's Tale where she has to get her husband's fucking signature Uh so she can get her birth control prescription Uh because she has to have his consent to control her body. Yeah. (gasps) Uh, I am angry. It it makes me so fucking heated. I'm like... I can't remember who I was talking to but someone said, isn't plan B an abortion pill? Also, (laughs) in case anybody doesn't know this, Plan B has a weight restriction. If you are over 100, it's either 150 or 155 pounds, then you have to take two of them for it to work. Otherwise, it is not an appropriate dose. So, I I don't know. I have so many things to say. I'm not, I can't say them all. Well, on that note, uh, do you want to take a break? Yes, please, because I'm heated now. All right, so on to the case file, which I am excited for. Yes. I'm excited for today's case. Yes. There's a lot of words that are about to happen, so... Many of words. Prepare yourself, like eight pages of words. Yes. So, yes. went hard. I, I went to add, and I was like, Tiffany's got like eight pages. What What more am I going to add to this? <laughs> like my own My own I- words? I saw the things that you added, though, and I really liked them, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a lot better than what I had. (laughs) So, today, we are going to be talking about Fred and Rosemary West, Mm -hmm. which is not great. No. If you don't like sexual abuse of children. Oh, yeah. You should maybe maybe skip this one. Um, Lots of incest. Incest. There's, I mean, we're going to talk about some terrible things. All kinds. I don't even know how many. I words. all of them, <laughs> just all of them, really. One you of are each. Uncomfortable with graphic content. This might not be the episode for you. Rated NC seventeen. Right. Go get your parents' permission before you listen to this podcast. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I shall read the quote. Yes, which please. Is, God does not bring two people together for the benefit of just one. And that is by Rosemary West herself. I felt like it was pretty fitting. Like, I have to quote. You gotta quote someone. Right. But it makes a lot of sense to quote, like, someone it's involved. true. <laughs> Doesn't mean I hate it any less. Oh, well, no. That's also why I chose it. Uh-huh. Um, also, the drink is a lemon and rosemary bourbon sour. Obviously chosen because it has rosemary in it. I see. When you were making it, I was like, is that a whiskey sour? 
because it had lemon. Oh. And that's what that's what brought me there. But I didn't realize there was a such thing as a bourbon sour, although it makes sense. I mean, it's you probably could have it either way. Bourbon, whiskey. I'm pretty sure the bourbon I used is bourbon whiskey. So. Yeah, I don't really drink a lot of dark liquor, so I know the least. That's okay. Alex made fresh rosemary simple syrup for myself oh, and you. So, so kind. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Um, so it's made with that. Four ounces of bourbon, two ounces of fresh lemon juice, and it should be garnished with a sprig of rosemary. Also, Alex has never heard of sprig of rosemary or sprig of mint. He's like, what the fuck is a sprig? And I was like... It's a piece of it. It's like a twig, but not a twig, essentially. Right. It's a, it's a baby twig. Just I was like, I'm not going to say a branch of rosemary. Right. <laughs> the fun fact is about rosemary, because... It's something new. Of course. I feel like I'm going to run out of fun facts at some point. I'm excited. We're just going to revisit. I'm excited. (laughs) So in ancient times, rosemary was believed to strengthen the memory. In literature and folklore, it is a symbol of remembrance and fidelity. Aww. But I guess it doesn't actually do anything for your memory, so. Oh. Well, I don't know what to say about that, really. That's just ancient times. But we're kind of living in ancient times. So. Well, it does feel that way. <laughs> so I'm going to try this drink. Yes, please do. I'm scared. No, why? I think It smells good. Right? Oh, does it? No, it does. I don't have any straws up here. It's not bad. It's not? No. It's, it's sour. It's refreshing. I think if I like bourbon, I would really like this drink. Right. Yeah, that's probably a requirement. <laughs> but, like, if I ordered this at a bar, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, sometimes I'm like, ooh, that sounds really good, but it doesn't have an alcohol that I really care for in it, but I'm going to try it, and then I get it, and I'm like, this is a terrible decision. This one, I'd be like, well, you know, definitely not my favorite, but pretty good, actually. So. What do you rate it? Ooh, what do I rate this? Because hmm. I now include those in our drink photos. Excellent. I would rate this honestly like a 4 out of 10. So like it's good. Like I would drink it if somebody handed this to me at a party or if I was like at someone's house and they're like here you go. I wouldn't be like I actually don't drink that. I would be like oh cool thanks and I would drink it and probably I would drink a second one. Um, This is a guy at a dinner party. <laughs> Who asks you what you want to drink. Oh, that's so kind. But is very limited because mm. he has a tiny bar cart. <laughs> but he's trying. He's got minimal equipment. Right. But he's trying. He's doing his best. Lindsay, it's not the size of your bar cart. It's how you use it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want you to know. That Tony and Alex, they work together. Tony listens to our podcast, like, religiously. Oh, yeah. I have to get Tony a shot glass. Yes, we do. Shout out to Tony. Hey. I guess they were working together, and someone said the audacity, and they looked at each other of a mediocre white man. <laughs> yes. So, we're being quoted now. I love that for us. <laughs> Something that I probably stole from Potentially. somewhere else. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, fine. Yeah. No, I, I for sure see this being... Yeah. That guy. Like, he's doing his best. Right, right. He's trying to make you feel he comfortable. Want, exactly. Right. He wants to attend to your individual I still can needs. I <laughs> 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 
Ooh, <laughs> I don't know how to make that into in. Uh, why Instagram can't you get? Post. Why can't you get past it, Lindsay? It's so tiny. Because it's so funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do get to go first. You get to go first. Ooh, ooh. I'm All excited. Right. There are some things. Last names. I don't think I'm going to pronounce. I'll do. I I I looked up some pronunciations this morning. I listened to I some YouTube. <laughs> So I was like, whatever. What It'll be fine. They know what they're getting from me at this point. <laughs> it's too late in the game to change the way it's true. Now. Okay. <clears throat> 25 Cromwell Street, later known as the House of Horrors, became one of the most notorious addresses after police discovered the bodies of nine women, including a child, buried in the cellar and garden of the terraced house. Uh, obviously, I know there are more bodies, but oh, yeah, that's no. not at this address. Right. Um, we just talked about this address right now. Right. Uh, this discovery quickly destroyed the, <laughs> I know, I keep, every time I read it, I'm like, I'm gonna say. Fake <laughs> <laughs> I, that is a sign that someone reads a lot because I used to get really, um, really self-confident about like my pronunciation of words when I would have to read out loud because I'd be like I'm afraid I'm gonna read it wrong because I know what the word means and I've seen it numerous sure, times sure. but I've never heard it said out loud oh. <laughs> so they're like facade is one of those words that they're like that's a sign that someone reads like right. more than they well, socialize also, so because me and Alex will say words wrong oh, yeah. but it's just like how the words are just pronounced now mm-hmm. like Asparagus is asparagus. Yeah. Um, so at this spurites p- are spurites in my house, <laughs> and I I assume everybody can understand what a spurite is, <laughs> right. or you know tortilla. Yep, so, a quasadilla. Right, right, right. So now when I'm seeing words, I'm like, oh, it's this. I'm like, it's not fucking that actually. Mm-hmm. Canadia. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I've been ruined. Um, Great. Anyways, this discovery quickly destroyed the facade of normality of which the West had portrayed for so long. Not only were buried bodies discovered, but a tale of sexual obsession, torture, sadism, uh, and how do you say that word? Promiscuity. Yes. Were exposed as well. So here we go. Frederick West was born the second of six children in a poor family in Herefordshire. Growing up in this family differed from the average English family at the time. Not in a great way. His father reportedly sexually abused all of his daughters and taught Fred that he could do whatever he wanted as long as he didn't get caught doing it. Around the time Fred turned 12, it was reported that his mother began sexually abusing him. Um, He dropped out of school at 15 and two years later was involved in a motorcycle accident that left him in a coma for eight days. I read one place, so that's why I didn't include it, but I'm still going to say it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, That their dad was also into bestiality. All right. And was like, hey, Fred, this is a thing, too. Once Fred regained consciousness, people close to him claimed he was different. Now Fred was much more prone to abrupt fits of rage. To make matters worse, Fred suffered another head injury when falling from a fire escape. This injury left Fred unconscious for 24 hours. By the time Fred was 20, he was arrested for molesting a 13-year-old. While he was convicted of the crime, Fred didn't actually serve any time. 
Do you want to know a fun fact about that fall from the For sure. fire escape that I just learned like okay. 10 minutes before getting into my car? Okay. Yes. It wasn't a fall from a fire escape. It was a push. Oh, no. Because he was trying to sexually assault this girl and she was like, fuck you and pushed him down the fire escape. The next year, Fred started dating Catherine Costello. Catherine was originally from Scotland and had been dabbling in sex work under the pseudonym Raina. So in some reports that you read about them, some sources just refer to her exclusively as Raina, but I heard it both ways. So there I are just... a lot of names in this case, and honestly, yes. it's really confusing because we have multiple of the same names yep. spelled differently, yep. or like it's... Yeah. It's a lot to keep track of. And that's why I kept referring to her as Catherine throughout this whole thing. I was yeah. like, we don't need the nicknames. <laughs> this is fine. So at the time, Fred and Catherine started talking again because they'd known each other before. They broke up or drifted apart. Then they reconnected. Um, Catherine found out she was pregnant from a sexual encounter prior to Fred. But that didn't stop Fred from pursuing a relationship with her. And on November 17, 1962... Just two months after reconnecting, Fred and Catherine were married. Shortly after their marriage, they welcomed their daughter, Charmaine. In order to hide the fact that Fred wasn't her father, they just told everyone that Charmaine was adopted because it was obvious that she was a different ethnicity than Fred, so they couldn't just be like, oh, this is his kid. Yes, wasn't she, like, Indian? Um, yeah. Yes. So. Because I believe that comes up later. About a year later, they had their second child, Anne-Marie. They hired a woman named Isa McNeil to help look after their children, which I found pretty surprising considering at this point Fred was an ice cream truck man. While driving the ice cream truck, Fred ran over and killed a four-year-old boy. Fearing for his safety due to the public backlash, Fred decided to move his family to a caravan park, otherwise known as a trailer park. Yep. Uh, This move saw more disconnect between Fred and Catherine. Catherine initially left in 1966 to escape Fred's sadistic sexual requirements. Based on what I was reading in different sources, it seems like Fred was sexually involved with all three of the women. I believe it. Who moved to the caravan park. So Catherine, her friend, Anne, and then... Also, my research told me that Anne and the nanny were friends, and Anne becomes the nanny. Yeah, it's like a whole... It's super confusing. There are so many things, and there were like, I was... Different versions. Basically, at this Which period of time... I was like, well, I don't even know what Some I'm people... <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, I found this, and then I found like an actual police report mm-hmm. that said that like, Anne was the friend, and that oh, okay. she is the one who like, eventually takes up care of the children, because there's like a social services, whatever, report about it. Yes. So that's why I went with it this way. But yes, I definitely saw the same thing that you did, that there were like different names and different assignments and whatever. So I just, I went with it. Catherine and Isa were not down with the awful sexual demands that he'd make. Anne was infatuated with him, so she stayed with Fred when the other women left. And Catherine also left both of her children with Fred when she left, which prompted her to make several visits over the next few months and to eventually return to him in September of 1967. Because timelines are a little fishy with Catherine's return and some unfortunate news about Anne, like I mentioned before, Anne is infatuated with Fred, and she's the only woman out of the three that stayed with him. They definitely did have a sexual relationship, whether or not he had a relationship with all three of them. He definitely had a sexual relationship with two of them, because two of them had his baby. So sometime at the beginning of 1967, Anne finds out she's pregnant with Fred's child. 
She decides to have the baby by summer of 1967 and has vanished. I saw that she vanished in May. I saw she vanished in August. I saw she was last seen in July. It's like... She was last seen pregnant, though. Yeah, she was definitely... Yes. She was definitely, (laughs) obviously pregnant. But sometime during the summer, very obviously pregnant, goes missing. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the summer, Catherine's back to living with Fred again. Mm -hmm. So some people are like, oh, he killed Anne so that Catherine would get back together with him. Mm -hmm. I heard he killed her because... Catherine was jealous. That's another thing I saw. Like, there's a lot of, like, theories, and nobody really knows. All we know is that Anne was there, she was pregnant, and then she wasn't. And then once she was gone, Catherine was back. Right. The time together would be short-lived because she left again the following year, initially leaving both her daughters with Fred again. Now, this time, there is no Anne around, and the children were taken by social services. When social services came, they asked about what had happened to Anne, the pregnant lady who had been here the last time they visited. And Fred told them that Anne had returned to Glasgow, where she originally came from. Everything's fine. She's just gone. And that's what they went with. Why not? Yeah. Now, here in the story is where we introduce Rosemary Letts. She was born November 29, 1963, as a result of a difficult pregnancy. Her mother, Daisy Lett, suffered from significant depression and underwent electroshock therapy while she was pregnant, which actually is super common for the time. What? Yeah. Why? Why? Well, I mean, electroshock therapy is still a thing practiced today. Now that there's, like, more science. Yeah. You know, founded. Right. Like, now that (laughs) there is. a bit safer. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Now we can control the voltage a little better. Right, right, right. Also, like, what we're actually impacting when we're doing this. Right. Um, obviously also not the first choice of medical care. But yeah, no, super common. It doesn't matter pregnant or not, or if you have other things going on with you. So, oh, we'll just little little shock. Little zap zap. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. It is believed that this therapy caused fetal injury to Rosemary. As she was growing up, Rosemary was prone to bouts of aggression and struggled socially with her peers. Her parents' marriage was a turbulent one, and it is believed that her pre-birth trauma combined with tumultuous home life had impact on the sexual experiences that she sought out, even from her early teens. Which, like, they're like, it's hypothesized that these impacted her, and I was like, no shit. Right. Her dad was apparently a piece of shit. He, like, beat her mom. Also, from something I was reading, that, like, her dad, like, also raped her. And, like, Mm -hmm. mom left, and she went back and lived with her dad. Yep. Continuing that relationship. Like, had a relationship with them. Yep. And not to be, like, spoiler alert, but then when they opened up her, like, sex work stuff, he, like, visited her and paid for services, which is, like... And Fred was like, sure, as long as I can watch. I am confused as to how we got here, but that's fine. It's a lot. It's (laughs) It's a fucking lot. It is. Yeah. One of the things I read, they're like, yeah, he was a piece of shit, but she was like, if I stay on his good side, then I get right. all the I mean, things I that like I want. Both of these people, not excusing them, obviously, because you get to a certain age where you do understand right from wrong. Right. Of course, we've had this discussion before, but I think both of them are taught it's normal to be yes. sexually abused by your parents. Yeah, this is... Like, that's just normal. This is what happens in normal families. In normal families, there's incest. In normal families, there's sexual abuse. And right. In normal families, it doesn't matter as long as you're not the one being hurt. Right, yeah. So, it's very interesting. So, this is a great study in nature versus nurture. 
wait till you get to the end and we talk about yeah the kids yeah <laughs> yeah so while rosemary at 15 was at first uninterested in fred she grew to enjoy the lavish attention he offered her at a bus stop where the two initially met by the time rosemary was 16 she had moved in with fred and given birth to their daughter heather ann Fred and Rosemary gained custody of Fred's daughters Charmaine and Anne-Marie as well. The family of five moved out of the caravan park and into a two-story home on Midland Road. After moving into the new home, Fred was sent to prison for minor property offenses, Mm -hmm. which also could be like literally anything, because I also found multiple reports of different things that he was serving time for. Yeah. (laughs) Great record keeping there. Right. Rosemary was left alone to care for the three young girls because they had Fred's two two previous children from his previous marriage and then their own. Also, there is a picture of the three of them and it's super fucking cute. They're like wearing like matchy matchy outfits. Super cute. It was during this time that Charmaine went missing. Rosemary informed Fred of Charmaine's death and he buried her in the backyard beneath the kitchen window. When Charmaine no longer appeared at school, friends and teachers were told that she'd been taken away by her mother, who by then had been decomposing for two years in a field. No further efforts were made to find Charmaine. She simply just vanished. There was a friend that witnessed Charmaine being beaten by Rosemary. And so when this friend mentioned that, then like other people started asking. Mm -hmm. Rosemary probably like, oh no, you know, Catherine came, took her, went away. And they're just like, oh, okay. Is something I read there, like, basically she would still have, like, those bouts of anger because mm-hmm. she's, like, you know, 17 years old and in charge of three kids. Right. And she's she has all these mental health problems. And so she would often, like, take out her aggression on Charmaine because she was the child who was actually not biologically related to her or Fred. Yeah. Um, and so, like, they're like, yeah, I guess she just finally snapped one day and was like, whatever i'm mm-hmm. just gonna kill you and hide the body until your dad gets out of prison so he can deal with the rest of it mm-hmm. so that's good now like i said it's hypothesized that he people cared about charmaine less they cared about charmaine less because she wasn't biologically related to them but in fact it seems like fred was more excited that he had definitive proof that rosemary was just as fucked up as he was And was more concerned with getting away with, like, murdering someone than confessing for her sins. Um, Her murdering Charmaine also gave Fred excellent leverage to use against her. Just in literally anything that's coming up for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, shortly after this, Fred and Rosemary got married in the year 1972. Yeah. And for everything that I saw... Which, there was also confusion on this timeline. Soon after they got married, mm-hmm. Anne-Marie was first sexually assaulted by both Fred and Rosemary. Mm-hmm. But that kind of, like, the age, like, I read eight, I think you read ten. Yeah. So, I'm not sure specifically what age, but a child nonetheless, and a young child. Yeah. Apparently, Fred and Rosemary took Anne-Marie down to the cellar with her hands tied and mouth gagged. Fred then raped her, and once it was over, both Fred and Rose told her she should be grateful to have such caring parents and that this act had been done for her own good. I believe even, like, there's a quote where Rosemary told her this is what a good father does. Oh, God. Or something along those lines, like, it's... Yeah. It's gonna happen to you anyways, it might as well be your father. Something like that. 
Anne-Marie was, of course, kept out of school the following days and told if she informed anyone of this, she would receive a severe beating or be murdered. Afterwards, it became a regular occurrence for both Fred and Rose to sexually assault Anne-Marie. So now Fred and Rosemary are both aware that their partner is just a fucked individual. And things just really get worse. Mm -hmm. So if you thought it was bad, just you wait. Um, Fred decided that Rosemary needed to go to work, and he decided the best way for her to make money was sex work. It allegedly started around the time that their second daughter, May, was born, in July of 1972. With their growing family and Rosemary's new job, they decided they need to move somewhere bigger, so that's when they took up residence at 25 Cromwell Street. This house allowed them room for their family while leaving extra space so they could rent out rooms to tenants. Also, that became a really important part because as years go on, police get more and more suspicious as to, like, what the fuck is going on yep. with the supposedly normal family. Mm -hmm. um, and they attempt to try to connect a lot of these, like, lodgers mm -hmm. with the West. And, like, they do random raids and stuff of the tenants trying to find connection to the West, but cannot. Mm. So... It's very interesting that, like, all the times they did this, they didn't find anything yeah. suspicious enough to, like, right. arrest them. There are so know. many things here that I'm like, how? Right. I just don't understand. How? <laughs> so, in their new home, Fred converted the attic to a bedroom that he called Rose's Room, where Rosemary could do her sex work. He, of course, outfitted the room with peepholes so that he could watch the sexual encounters, which, like... Why the fuck not at this point? You Literally. Know, uh, that's why I was like, of course. Right. I also saw reports that there was a light and it was a red light. Ooh. That would go literally a red light on of and course. off. Yeah. No. And it was well known because they also owned a cafe. So, which like they dug up like last year. Like. Great. Looking for more bodies or something. Great. Um, But there was a cafe and so it was kind of like secret code of like. Rose's mm -hmm. room and the red light. Oh my Essentially, god! Essentially, it's, it's a lot. But um, so this light would come on and kind of at, like let the children know not to disturb yep. their parents and what's going on. Um, mostly because Fred didn't want any interruptions for his yep. show. <laughs> yep. Don't bother me while I'm being entertained. The changes at the home did not stop at the attic, though. Fred's sexual desires were definitely growing. And in order to fulfill them, he basically made the basement a sex dungeon, which I put a huge disclaimer in the notes. Like, there's nothing wrong if you want to have a sex dungeon. Nope. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, good for you. But, like, a sex dungeon is fine as long as you're not raping and murdering people. Yep. Which is what was going to happen in theirs. So that's why we don't like theirs. It started with 17-year-old Caroline Roberts who the West hired to be a nanny for their children in October of 1972. She worked with them a few weeks before they began testing the waters to see if she wanted to join them sexually. Caroline, of course, declined and got the fuck out of there because yeah. that's what you do when yep. weirdos are approaching you with odd things. Especially when it's someone you babysit for. Right? I can't imagine. Actually, I was put in a pretty weird I was going to say, once. it's like, I can't imagine, but, but <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> um, Not like this, though. Not like this. Not like this. So on December 6th of 1972, they invited her back into their home, and during this visit, they imprisoned her and both raped her. Yeah. 
I also read, but I don't know if it was this person or someone mm-hmm. else they hired as a nanny because mm-hmm. there was a lot of fucking nannies. There were a lot of nannies. Also, this lady gets married, and so then she gets a different last name right. later in the story. Yes. But I think it was her because it all matches up. Yeah. But I guess they, they like, she leaves, but then they, like, they She's a she's hitchhiking when they invite her back to their home. Mm-hmm. So she gets in the car, and that's how she ends up getting in prison. Yeah, from like the research I was doing because yeah. like they knew her, and we're like, oh hey, like so sorry, like yeah. come back with us. That makes sense. I didn't see anything. No idea though. I there's so many. <laughs> well, I didn't see anything about. They were just like they invited her back to their home, and she went. And I was like, this. I feel like this makes no sense. Right. Because why would she be like, fuck you, I'm out, unless she was in a position where she was. Mm-hmm. Um needing something like a ride right which becomes their mo later as we'll come to see and it's brought up in court they're like what they did with caroline roberts is how they formed their blueprint for what they were going to do to the rest of their victims yeah so it Um, makes sense that she would be hitchhiking when they pick her up yeah and then that's and i know they find nannies that way um also a lot of the research i did they like kind of didn't share the names of some of the people they were like under the age of 17 because they're considered children so that also was a little difficult for Mm -hmm. me to like figure out so like i said they imprisoned her and both raped her they held her overnight but on the following day caroline agreed to return to work as their nanny so they allowed her to leave Mm -hmm. you know i believe also she like pretended to like vacuum the house or some shit like that if this is the same person like completely like, Makes committed sense. to like oh no i'm here's your nanny like that's smart what I'm doing. as a motherfucker seriously though so of course she does not say as her nanny she no. gets the fuck out of there and goes to the police and explains to them everything that just fucking happened to her yep when the case went to court though fred and rosemary were only charged with indecent assault and were charged 50 pounds i also believe that this uh survivor when she heard that decision, she attempted suicide. I don't know if that's accurate, though. I don't know, but I do know that whenever they decided that they were just going to charge them with that, then she was like, I'm not going to give my testimony in mm-hmm. court again. If that's all you're charging them with, then right. I'm not not doing that. I'm not putting myself through that if that's all you care to charge them with after what they did to me. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her for that. Absolutely not. That's a fucking lot. So, Linda Goh was a 19-year-old seamstress from Gloucester who was described as being rebellious and headstrong. She suddenly left home, leaving behind a note that said, Please don't worry about me. I have got a flat and will come to see you sometime. However, her parents did not hear from her. And after three Saturdays, Linda's mother traced her daughter's whereabouts to Cromwell Street. Sadly, Linda had been tortured, raped, cut up, and buried by then in April of 1973. Rosemary decided the best way to handle this potential confrontation was to dress in Linda's clothes and explain that Linda had departed for the seaside resort of a place, Weston Supermare, I don't know, leaving her belongings behind. Linda's parents continued searching for their daughter in Weston, but did not find her. It's horrible. Yeah, I hate it. A never ending. Um, yeah. <clears throat> a few months later, in November of 1973, 15 year old, uh, I'm going to say that's Carol, right? Mm-hmm. Carol Ann Cooper was on her way home when she got picked up by Fred West. 
At the time, Carol was living in a children's home but had been given permission to spend the weekend with her grandmother. They'd spent time together and gone to the movies to close out their weekend. Carol was last seen boarding a bus home but got off later in the evening and began hitchhiking, which is how Fred was able to pick her up. Of course, an extensive search was made to find her, but she had vanished without a trace. It would be discovered decades later that the West followed the routine of rape, torture, and murder before dismembering and burying her in the basement. Yeah. Lucy Partington was 21 when she disappeared following a night out with friends. Lucy was a student at Exeter University, but was home visiting for Christmas. She was known as a clever woman with an extremely likable personality. So two days after returning home, Lucy's waiting at a bus stop to get back to her house. And it is thought that that's when the West pulled up asking her if she wanted a ride. Now, in Lucy's case, there's strong evidence that she was kept alive for several days before the West killed and dismembered her. Because a week after she disappeared, Fred went to the hospital to get a deep cut on his hand stitched up. When Lucy's remains were discovered, she was found buried with a knife that matches the cut to Fred. So it's thought he sustained the injury while dismembering her body, which would indicate that she would likely was likely kept alive until around that time, given their MO of fairly rapid removal upon death. I guess there was some back and forth. They're like, well, maybe like she was killed immediately and they just didn't get around to her dismemberment, or maybe they intentionally kept her around as a deceased individual for necrophiliac purposes or whatever. But they're like, we have... We have no evidence of that happening before. We have no evidence of them being into anything like that afterwards. So why would they all of a sudden? So they're like, it's more likely she was kept alive for several days because they were just trying to draw it out. Yeah, in case I don't, I'm not going to go back because I'm on my phone because I forgot my computer today. Very well prepared. But in case it was not understood till this point, Catherine had been murdered by... Fred, plus or minus Rosemary by this point. Right. Also. So, anyways. Um, Back to ter- more terribleness. Right. Yeah. Why not? Um, in Easter of 1974, 21-year-old Therese. Mm-hmm. The hell is that last name? Siegenthaler. Mm, okay. Was never going to get that. Yeah. Um, she decided to hitchhike to visit a friend who was a priest in Ireland. That's a hefty thing to unpack. It's a lot. <laughs> okay. She's currently living in London. But that's why I was like, I can't, I can't shorten this in any way. I could say she's going to visit a friend, but that just feels like right. not honest. Right. So she was currently living in London to continue her education and that's be a secretary? Yep. That's a thing? Or that was a thing? She dropped, I don't know, but she dropped out of high school okay. to go to secretary school. Okay. Um, when she was like fifteen or sixteen, mm-hmm. and then they're like she wanted to continue her studies in oh. London. So okay, well she yeah. did that while working weekends in a ballet shop. In the investigation that followed into her disappearance, her friends reported her boasting that she could look after herself well and wasn't scared to hitchhike. Isn't that how everyone felt in the seventies? Yeah. Fred and Rosemary likely would approach victims while in the car together so that females traveling alone would feel safe getting into the vehicle, like we mentioned. Yep. Um, when Therese didn't show up to her destination, a search was carried out over the course of years with no results. Because she had been. 
buried in the fucking yard. Yep. Pretty much. Or basement or, or yard. So on to November of 1974, when the West would murder their youngest victim, 15-year-old Shirley Hubbard. Shirley was a ward of the government who was currently in a work experience program at Debenhams in Worcester. She was described, I assume, that the way that it's spelled <laughs> W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R, that's how you say it in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So I also looked up a pronunciation guide and they also said it was Worcester. So, so Shirley was described by friends as being pretty and free-spirited. So she's on her way home from her work experience program, but she never arrived. Now, the abuse that Shirley was forced to withstand while being held by the West was severe, as was the abuse that all of their victims experienced. However, her remains were discovered in a slightly different condition. Just like all the other victims, she had been dismembered. However, when her head was found, it was determined that her head had been fully taped up with the exception of a three-inch rubber tube that was inserted into her mouth to allow her to breathe, presumably while she was still alive. So they just full deprivation of all senses to her while they were torturing her. The next woman to fall into the hands of the West was 18-year-old Juanita Mott. Juanita was described as strong-willed and outgoing with a rebellious streak. I have found that to be a common term for all of these women, though, is rebellious. A lot of these women are, like, rebellious, strong-willed, and a lot of them are, like, wards of the state or coming from troubled backgrounds. So It's just very interesting that's how they're all being described. She worked a variety of short-term jobs but made uh, a friend's upcoming wedding a priority in her schedule. She had to travel for it, so it was no surprise when she seemingly left town. However, friends and family immediately became concerned when she did not show up for that ceremony. Oddly, her parents never officially filed a missing persons report with the police. Yep. But they did contact the Missing Persons Bureau, as well as reaching out to the media to try and raise awareness that she had, in fact, vanished. Yeah. So, this is where a really strange cooling down period is for them. The West go from finding a new victim every five to seven months to going over almost three years, reportedly without murdering anyone. As most of the recent killings were considered to be sexually motivated in nature, it's likely that the West found other like-minded people who kept their interest for a period of time, which allowed them to pursue their sexual interests with a willing participant, allowing them to avoid murdering anybody. Yeah, well, you know, allowing them to avoid it. (laughs) I was like, I feel like that's probably how they felt. (laughs) Oh, great. We don't have to murder anybody. I love this for us. I'm not sure how else you would phrase that. Right. I don't know. Now, although it's unclear if she was the only person, one of these people was likely Shirley Ann Robinson. Shirley lived at 25 Cromwell Street as a tenant and was a sex worker. She became Fred's lover, and they had a full-blown romantic affair. According to Jeffrey Wansell, who wrote Fred West's biography, An Evil Love, Shirley began seeing herself as Rosemary's replacement. She told Fred that Shirley absolutely had to go. That makes sense. Which led to them murdering her when she was eight months pregnant dismembering her and burying her in their back garden 
A little over a year later came the last known sexually motivated killing of the Wests. Allison Chambers was a 16-year-old girl living in a children's home, and similar to Juanita Mott, she was known to have a rebellious wild streak. She was working for a firm of solicitors or lawyers in America. <laughs> well, as Tiffany wrote. Yep. <laughs> and her friends described her as loving the spotlight. In August of 1979, just before her 17th birthday, Allison suddenly disappeared. Her disappearance was reported to the Missing Persons Bureau, and she was reported to the police as an absconder from care. Okay. They're like, oh, she just ran away. Okay. Just a runaway. An American. An American. It's a runaway. (laughs) They conducted a search, but no red flags went up about the fact that she frequently visited 25 Cromwell Street. Which, why would it? Why would it? Now, again, there's another strange cooling down period. Uh, There are no other known murder victims of the West for about eight years. Now, during this time period, there were shifts in the household, though. Anne-Marie became pregnant by her father. Um, However, her pregnancy was ectopic and, as such, was terminated. The trauma of the whole situation was a catalyst for her to escape the abuse that she had been subject to for pretty much her whole life. Once Anne-Marie was gone, though, Fred just shifted his attention to his next oldest daughter, Rosemary's oldest biological daughter, Heather. So, from 1979 to 1987, Fred and Rosemary West continued brutally assaulting their own children. Heather was much more rebellious than her older sister had been, though, and they were constantly in a struggle to keep her quiet about what was going on in the house. In 1987, it's believed that Heather had had enough of the abuse and decided to go to the police about her parents' behavior. But before she could leave the home, Fred and Rosemary murdered her and buried her body in the backyard. After burying her, they installed a new patio over her resting site, and at first lied to their other children that Heather had gotten a job in another town. But then the other kids got upset that they're like, she got a new job in another town. Why isn't she visiting us? Why isn't she doing anything? So then they changed their story to that Heather had actually run off with a lover and didn't care about them anymore. And then eventually they started threatening their other children that if they breathed the word about what Fred and Rosemary did in their home, they'd end up under the patio with Heather. Fred and Rosemary, of course, never reported Heather as missing. They did tell family and friends that Heather had just left and that they tried working with police to find her to no avail. Rosemary told a neighbor that before she'd run off, the two of them had had a hell of a row, which is why they thought Heather had left. Now, things seemed to go along just kind of as terribly as ever in the West household for another five years, when in 1992, Fred decided to start recording himself raping one of his younger daughters, and then he went on to do it multiple times. She told a friend at school about what happened, and the friend told the mom, and the mom was like, that's fucked up. Let's go talk to some police officers. Right. Which is really what started the end of Fred and Rosemary West's reign of terror over their children. On August 6th, 1992, Fred West was charged with rape, and Rosemary West was charged as his accomplice, as well as being charged with child cruelty. 
The children were taken into custody of the government where his, uh, physical, that's not right. I'm sure those were done too. evaluations and police interviews were done, probably. I hope so. Super probably. Initially, these charges looked like they weren't going to stick and the witnesses who initially reported the crimes would not agree to testify. However, authorities were all interested slash concerned about <laughs> something all of the children said that if they breathed a word of what was going on, they'd end up under the patio with Heather, which, as we said, that is pretty much how this whole thing came to a close. Yep. At first, it was a remark that was brushed off as a joke, but as time went on, it became clear that Heather really was missing, and these two adults obviously were surrounded by darkness, both with Fred's rap sheet and their overall attitude towards the charges that they had initially been handed. I mean, at, like, at this point, they've both been charged with, like, right. sexual misconduct now multiple times. But apparently their first charge, like the one that they got for Caroline, like I said, she was pissed that it wasn't rape. But also like their actual charge is apparently like the equivalent of like a misdemeanor. Yeah. So by February of 1994, two years later, Fred and Rosemary had been released, but the police hadn't stopped searching for Heather. And by this point, they had gathered enough evidence to gain a search warrant for the Garden of 25 Cromwell Street. Almost immediately after ripping up the patio, the remains of Heather West were discovered. At first, Fred admitted to killing Heather, but he quickly withdrew his confession. He then gave another confession that, yes, he he alone had killed Heather, and that was it. <laughs> and then the police found a third thigh bone. And they were like, hey dude, Heather doesn't have three legs, so do you want to tell us who else you killed? And why there's more human remains? Because something's not adding up. The discovery of additional human remains allowed police to expand their search to the whole household, where they slowly but surely uncovered the remains of all the victims who had been buried at 25 Cromwell Street. Fred eventually did confess to ten murders, including the murder of his first wife, wife, Catherine. In recovering Catherine's remains, police also discovered the remains of Anne, um, whose remains were disposed of in the same way that Fred handled all of his victims' remains, as well as the grave size and location matching Fred's M.O. He was charged with her murder as well. Even though he never confessed, they're like, surprise, motherfucker, we got you. <laughs> so Fred maintained in his official interviews that Rose had nothing to do with the murders, but he confessed to a clerk. Like, in private, basically, they have the recorded interviews, but I guess there's also, like, a clerk who's sitting in the interview room with him. Mm-hmm. And so when the recordings were off and, like, the de- detectives would leave to, like, take a break or whatever, apparently he starts talking to this clerk about things that have gone on. And he is like, yeah, Rose did not just take part in the murders, but she was the leader in several of them. And, like, she's actually the one who killed Catherine. And she's the one who killed Charmaine. And she's, the, like, he was, Which like... Which is a little crazy because Catherine was was around when Rosemary was, like, 15 still. Yep. Apparently she, yeah, yeah. She came back one time, be like, like hey, I want to check on my kids. And they were like, fuck you, you're dead now. Yeah, like, I believe, like, they got married right after, right? Yep. Or a couple years after, maybe? But no, like, together. like, pretty much right after. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's like, yeah, no, she was fully complicit in all of this shit, but this is a deal that we made, is that I was going to take the fall for everything. Mm -hmm. So, oh well. 
This clerk was super taken aback by the confession, and she wasn't really sure what to do with the information because she's like, is this for real? Is he just talking out his ass? Like, what's going on? Until Fred West was found hanged in his cell on January 1st, 1995. He used strips of his bed sheets to hang himself while the guards were like on a shift change or whatever. They're like, this was super planned. This wasn't like a, I am having a psychotic break and I think I need to kill myself. It was like a, I'm planning on doing this. They're like, he definitely told this clerk this because he wanted to not have to keep up his side of the bargain. And this is the way he saw out of it was by dumping all of the info about Rosemary and then killing himself. I mean, I think it basically is just kind of restating everything okay. I just said. But yeah, basically, yeah. I was just making sure. As soon as he as soon as he was dead, she was like, Here's all this shit and here's some details that can help you tie Rosemary way more firmly yeah. to these crimes. Two weeks after Fred's death, Rosemary was additionally charged with um Charmaine's death thanks to the testimony from the clerk, leading to Rosemary's total number, murder charges up to 10. So, yeah, same as Fred, just about. Well, yep. initially, at least. Yep. Um, this time, Fred wasn't around to renegotiate on his um, confessions, and the police had no longer had to try to sift through his lies to reach the truth about Rosemary's involvement with the murders. At this point, she had maintained that she was not involved and was trying to weasel her way out of the previous nine charges she was linked to already. Yeah. Apparently, um, like, they did his interviews first. I found this really great timeline, essentially, of, like, everything from, like, the time these people are fucking born to, like, the time they die or current. Including, like, how much money the police department spent, how the media oh, yeah. reacted, like, all that shit. It's really cool. Um, but they're like, yeah, whenever they did their first interview with Rosemary, and they're like, oh, yeah, here's what your husband husband confessed to and she was like fully just feigning ignorance and now they're like okay fucker we know you're a liar right and now we have more proof that you're a liar so at rosemary's trial things obviously got heated she attempted to maintain her innocence however Anne marie came back to testify on the years of abuse that she had suffered through at the hand of both of her parents and then Caroline Rain now, which is the woman who had initially been hired as a nanny and sexually assaulted by the Wests, she came forward to testify about her experience as well. And like I mentioned previously, her testimony was key as it showed the blueprint for the West to obtain their victims, as well as highlighting the fact that them allowing her to live caused them to be charged and fined, which meant that they needed to kill their victims in order to avoid consequences. When Rosemary's lawyers tried using clips from Fred's interviews to prove that Rosemary wasn't involved, they made a huge mistake. Most of the clips that they chose out of his almost, holy shit, 110 Mm -hmm. hours of interviews contained information that had been disproven, which only served to show that Rosemary was coded with dishonesty. So eventually Rosemary West was found guilty on all 10 counts of murder and sentenced to life. It did take a considerable amount of time to identify all the victims, as the West were only able to give names for about half of them. The other victims were identified thanks mostly to really thorough detective work. And I believe there's even more murders they think they're linked to. Oh, yeah. Which is why they dug up that cafe that they did own briefly, Mm -hmm. but they didn't find anything. Mm -hmm. The amount of money it would take to dig up various places. Yeah. Not not that it's not worth it, 
but it right. doesn't pay for itself. So Right. They don't have enough of a probable cause to like yeah. just dig up everywhere where they were ever. It's supposed that Fred West is likely responsible for more murders, including the highly publicized disappearance of Mary Bathsome. Um, Fred's children have come forward with reports of their father bragging about having killed so many more people that will never be found. If that's true, though, Rosemary is probably the only person who could maybe shine some light on the situation, but she is not willing to talk about it at all. The children of Fred and Rosemary have continued to be plagued by the mental health fallout of their childhood and the revelation that their parents were some of the most prolific murderers in the UK's history. In 2021, iNews did an article about the children and where they are today. I was like Googled. I was like, where are all these kids? I didn't even think to look up any of the kids because I was like, if I were them, I probably wouldn't have anything known about me anymore. I would not want anything (laughs) known about me anymore. However, um, it's it's a broad spectrum. Sure. We have so many of them, like... So Tara, which was one of Rosemary's daughters, who was a product of her career as a sex worker, explained how their household was divided. And those who were Fred's biological children got the brunt of the physical and sexual abuse. She's like, it felt like, she's like, I was glad that I wasn't his daughter. Because if you were his daughter, then it was like he owned you and he was going to sexually abuse you. She's like, those of us who weren't definitely got off lighter. Still fucked up. Sure, Sure. But for the most part. We're doing good. Stephen, Fred's oldest biological son, was imprisoned for nine months in 2004 for raping a 14-year-old girl. Um, now, since then, he has intentionally he's sought therapy and worked to turn his life around and has not had any other run-ins with the law, nothing like that. The two remaining biological daughters that suffered the longest at the hands of Fred and Rosemary are Anne-Marie and May. They both went on to write books about their experience. Um, Anne-Marie, more about her experience. May, more about, like, Rosemary still, like, writes letters and is like, I want to have a relationship. I'm still your mom. No, no, no. All that kind of bullshit. So she wrote a book about that. Um, But May now has a family of her own and they're just out here living their lives. We will likely never know the true number of lives this couple cut short, but they have become as etched in the national consciousness as Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about, honestly. Especially, I um, I think it's easy to be like, oh, that was the 70s, and it's like, I mean, yeah, it was the 70s, but it went on until the early 90s. Well, I was going to say, one of the things when Fred hung himself, Mm-hmm. January first of ninety five. I was almost yeah. two months old. Right. I I got like that's I got born in my like time. <laughs> I got born like two weeks later. Right. Like, <laughs> like it's not that long ago. She's very much alive. Like these yeah, people yeah. are out here having probably having whole ass families right now. Mm-hmm. They tore down the house at Cromwell Street and made a garden and walking path there. So yeah, on to weekly verdicts. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go? I'm very prepared. Oh, sure. Um, So my weekly verdict is that um, I've discovered the comfort of boxers. Oh, yes. I So we were at Disney and 
they had Jack Skellington boxers. Mm -hmm. And I thought they were shorts at first, like seeing them across the room. I was like, oh my God, those are cute, like lounge shorts. And then I got over there and they were boxers. And I was like, I don't fucking care. I was just going to buy them to wear around my house so I can buy those. And oh my God, Uh it's so comfortable. Yes. And my life, I think, has changed. Like, I've dated guys before where they're like, oh, you can wear my boxers. I'm like, I don't want to wear your boxers that you farted in. <laughs> like, no. That's funny. Um, And I never am at the store and I'm like, I should buy myself some boxers. Like, that thought has never occurred to me. Um, But I was like, these are cute. And now I'm like, wow. Life-changing. Truly. Truly life-changing. So I know it's probably not that big of a deal, but boy, <laughs> I was like, I wore them all day yesterday while I was laying around, being a lazy bum, reading my book. I was like, this is great. I feel like I don't even have anything on, but I do have something on, and it's great. God, I really don't have a weekly verdict that's, like, very good. Um, I'm going to just go with, like, new music. Yeah. Because that's what I have going on for me right now. That's good. That's, all I know. that's good. <laughs> so. New music is good. Yeah. So, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Luminol Cocktail Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Luminol Cocktail Podcast. If you want any other information, check out our Instagram bio. We've got a link tree in there that's got all kinds of good shit. So, check it out. Shoot us a DM. Otherwise, we will be back next week to serve you guys another round of Luminol Cocktail. <laughs> <laughs>